Hey there, Jessica. Hey. How you doing? Hello, I'm Michael Scott. I'm I'm an impression of Michael Scott to open this episode because we're talking about <laughs> The Office. No, we're not doing that. <laughs> not doing that again. So, took a week off. Yep. Didn't plan it. I'm back to school. I'm back to school. I'm back to school to show my dad I'm not a fool. Remember that? Just like Rodney Dangerfield. Yes, but I was quoting uh, Billy Madison. Sure. Remember when he's sitting outside for the bus? Yes. He sings that song. I wasn't going to do a wackity Adam Sandler voice because I don't, I'm I'm taking, we're taking a break from the wacky character voices. I picked an earlier back to school joke. (laughs) Yeah. What the heck? I'm the older one. I'm the one who's 50 years old. I should remember that movie, not you. everyone and welcome to Sadie Hawkins pod. Hello. So as I was saying, I'm going back to school and last week things just got intense. Even this week things are intense, but I'm like, we can't skip another week. You we have gotta a big give the people due, what they want. So, yeah, yeah, I got a big financial <laughs> I'm going back to school for more accounting and finance. And it's a lot of it's it's not even like the most I'm only taking two courses because I'm like I'm working full time and we have this podcast, which in it of itself is a full time experience for you, the fans, the listeners out there. So it's very important to keep, <laughs> to keep my course course load light. But yeah, it's been intense. And like I was working on schoolwork right up until we started recording. So I apologize last week. Things were just like too much. It was like actually like a Wednesday night and we hadn't recorded yet. And I'm like, I guess we're just not recording this week. <laughs> we kept going back and forth on it. And I was like, do you need the week off? And Danny was finally like, I was like yeah, yes. I do. And I was like, that's totally fine. I'm sure everybody will understand. <laughs> yeah. So we're back this week. Uh, I mean, I'm just setting things up. We have some voicemails. But this week we're talking about kind of an oddity in our list of Reliant K songs, it's the only one that's like the situation that this song is. We're doing the cover of the Office theme song that Reliant K only did live. And this is the only song that we've picked that's on our list that's a song that only exists live. Like, there's tons of, you know, random covers that Reliant K has done over the years just for shows that exist on YouTube, but we're not doing an episode for a song just because it's on YouTube. Like, it has to be, except for this one we're doing this week, it would normally have to be, like, a studio track or, like, a deep cut or, like, we're even going to do some songs that are, like, unreleased songs that leaked on the internet, but they're technically studio tracks. This is the only song that we chose to put on the list that is a concert-only song that was never officially released and only exists in YouTube videos. It's the only situation like that that we're doing on this podcast. Because they added their own original lyrics right. to the theme song. Exactly. If it was just the Office theme song, like, we're also not doing an episode for Lose Yourself, right? Right. That's, in in its way, that's a theme song to the Eminem movie. <laughs> <laughs> Eight Mile. 
I was Jessica was just about to say it. I took the words out of her mouth. <laughs> so like they they famously did a cover of Lose Yourself for a year or two. We're not doing an episode on that. This is just a one-time situation. And since we had just done Charles in Charge a couple weeks ago, two episodes ago, we we were like, let's cleanse ourselves of the whole Charles in Charge situation. Nothing bad has come out about anybody on The Office yet. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Give it another 20 years. Everyone on The Office is so wholesome. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like everything, even though the show itself, has not always been wholesome. You know right. what I mean? Like some, there's some episodes not aged so well. No, there's individual scenes in like in ableist language and like sexual politic language and all these kind of things that are like, oof, like you don't say that anymore. You don't make comedy out of that. At least not on a prime time, like feel good television show level. Like right. maybe there's some stuff there you'd still say on like like some like hard-edged animated sitcom or like right. you know what I mean like an HBO show or something like that sure. but but the office was such a wide appeal feel good show and yeah it, but it wasn't even like we'll get into it I was we'll going to say before it. we get into it mm-hmm. top of the show business so oh one thing i've been meaning to mention for weeks and weeks and weeks like probably over 4 weeks I don't know how long it's been now because we're still feeling the time. You're so flustered. Yes, I am. We're st- I, I, it's still basically 2020, so what is time anymore? But I just wanted to mention, we went to the Jimmy Eat Pod meetup. And we it was, oh, yeah. it had a meeting of the podcasters. <laughs> so Jimmy Eat Pod <laughs> had a meetup, like I'm talking four or five weeks ago now. And it was at it was at Applebee's, and there's really only like two Applebee's in all of Los Angeles anymore. So they picked Chatsworth, which is like north. It's about as north as you can get, I guess. Think still still technically in Los Angeles County, and because it's like halfway between David and Justin, right? So that they picked that one. We went all the way up to that Applebee's. Had a great time. We ducked out early. The night kept going after we left. We had other plans that night, but it was great. We got pictures of all the podcast hosts that were there that night, which was the four of us, you, me, and them, and the two of them. And then, like, the next week, if people might remember a couple podcasts ago, David Park called up and was like, we're going to get sushi at this place because we had raved about the sushi in Florida on the Treasure Coast and how amazing it was. It wasn't the next week. It was the next night. Oh, it was the next night. Yeah. That's right. So we had a big David Park, Jimmy Pod <laughs> weekend, and I've been completely forgetting to mention it. Sometimes it's been on my top of the show notes, and I've just, like, passed over it and forgotten. So Good times. Good times. <laughs> you said that, like... Sushi was lovely. Yes. I just love the way you went, good times. It was, like, did, yeah. the delicious dish, especially because yeah. you have the headphones on, <laughs> and you leaned into the microphone. <laughs> Delicious dish is so good. It's I one wonder, of my favorites. I wonder what the delicious dish characters are doing today. Like, they must have a podcast. Like, one of two things. They either still work for public radio, because, like, people who work for public radio seem to stay there forever. Sure. Or they don't work for public radio anymore, and they went on and had their own podcast. Even if they still work for public radio, they have their own delicious dish podcast now. Yeah. Yeah, I remember like when we first started this podcast and I was really trying to actually work on my voice and like make me sound better and not like how I just always sound. I <laughs> you was sound trying to, I was trying to like 
harness that sort of like soft NPR voice. Mm-hmm. So if you go back, I think I'm a little more subdued in the first few episodes. <laughs> right. And I sound like the delicious dish ladies. Good times. Good times. Good times. Good times. Well, we def- <laughs> we do have voicemails. Since what did we do last time? What was the song? It's been Who two can weeks. remember? Maybe someone will remind <laughs> us. So here's a voicemail from somebody. I can't tell from <laughs> I can't tell from the Google the Google Translate who it is. Good morning. Good morning. Hey guys. I wanted to give you a call because you know how I do. I'm listening to episode 76. Everything will be just fine. And Daniel just left his voicemail about like Narnia and Harry Potter and and then you guys got off on a tangent about Harry Potter and theology. <laughs> it reminded me that when I was a teenager, I was obsessed with Harry Potter, just obsessed. But I was also raised in a very Christian environment. And so I couldn't exactly like be the biggest Harry Potter fan that I wanted to be. But um I I could read a couple of the books, like the first couple books without really getting in trouble. Um, but my aunt, who was a pastor, we went up to visit her one summer, and she literally bought me a T-shirt that said, Jesus is the potter, not Harry. And it had, like, uh, almost like, um, you know, the twinkling that you see in artwork for Harry Potter and, like, the little sparkles and stuff. Um, very, like, mystical-looking. And so I thought that was hilarious. Um, but, yeah, I wore that all the time. But at the same time, you'd see me, like, reading the first Harry Potter book while wearing the T-shirt. <laughs> and the other thing was Daniel said something about not liking the weather, wait five minutes or something. Well, in Florida, which I'm sure Jessica remembers, and probably Danny, um, we always say if you don't like the weather, Either one, wait five minutes, or two, walk across the street. So, um, happy almost fall, y'all. Cool. Okay. Bye. Well, it is fall now, so, or is it technically like the fall equinox yet? I don't know. I don't know. I think it might still technically be summer because summer goes into September. I kind of want that shirt just (laughs) to wear it around, like ironically, but I don't understand it. Jesus was the potter, not Harry. What does that mean? What is being a potter? Because, no, he was a carpenter. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus was a carpenter and a shepherd of men, but he was not a potter. Unless there's some, like, pot analogy, simile in the Bible that I don't know Christ gave us. Or, like, he goes around planting flowers in pots or something. Or he goes around, like, a uh, link. And he just starts smashing pots and collecting rupees and hearts from them. Well, but you wouldn't necessarily be a potter if you were doing that. I feel like you have to be doing something more productive with a pot that is like creating it or planting something into it. Maybe they just meant Jesus is the wizard. Oh, <laughs> like, no. Harry Potter is a wizard. <laughs> Jesus is the real wizard. 
There's no such thing as white magic unless it's Jesus performing it. You're a wizard, Jesus. This <laughs> yeah. is my Hagrid. <laughs> Danny couldn't get out his one of his bad impressions this week, so I'm doing right. it instead. <laughs> um, is it, you know that that thing about like wait five minutes for the weather to change? Like every town, every ge- geography seems to have that like i don't know where it actually started i'm sure it if you looked if there was someone's ever done an investigation on that turn of phrase maybe they'd find it goes back like hundreds of years or something to some specific because people say that about boston and people say that about chicago and people say that about all kinds of places and yet you and i have lived coast to coast in many cities across this great land of ours Mm mm-hmm and have we ever lived anywhere other than Florida where it'll just start raining yeah, for a Florida minute is and then like go the away? For yeah. <laughs> like Boston people used to say that. Like I heard that phrase growing up. Oh, I don't like the weather in Boston. Wait five minutes. But really, it's not that bad. It's not like that, really. It's like maybe the next day. Like maybe the next day it's going to snow and the day after that it'll be like warm enough to melt the snow. But that's not really as drastic as Florida. Where else do you get sun showers? Like in Florida, it'll just be like hot as all get out and super sunny and it'll just start raining and it'll last for like five minutes and then stop. Or like sometimes in the summer, it lasts an hour and then stops. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I think Florida is probably the most deserving of that. Although they don't have the wide climate, like you don't get the snow and the freezing. Well, it still gets cold in Florida. It's cold. It gets cold, but you don't get the freezing temperatures. Hurricanes. Maybe in the north, maybe in the panhandle. Well, we appreciate that phone call, Lindy. Thank you very much. We have two more newer voicemails. So let's hear these. Hey guys, it's Jake. Uh, I actually called in and was on the last episode, and that was the first episode of the podcast I've ever listened to, but I'm probably going to keep listening. I think you got a long-time listener here, so uh, kudos to that. Anyway, on your last show, you guys talked about episodes that are on streaming services that are clearly not in the right order, and I've noticed that too and did a little research. I guess there's a ton of reasons for it. Sometimes the shows are simply not curated well and they're released and nobody is simply taking the time to rearrange them the right way. Other times shows that are more recent get released in the wrong order because certain episodes aren't done filming yet. So they have to release the ones that are done just because. So it's really strange. Uh, for example, in community, there's a really uh, funny joke that was released that didn't land because the original bit hadn't happened yet. So if you watch the following episodes after that joke, it makes more sense because it's it's just really confusing. So a lot of reasons for it, but it's a common issue, especially with the older shows. Uh, thanks so much for everything you do with Love Reliant K, and uh, looking forward to future episodes. Thanks, Jake, and thanks for that Parker promo. <laughs> Jake from State Farm. Oh, gotcha. I was like, I know what the Parker promo is, <laughs> promo is, but I forgot that the guy's name is Jake from State Farm. Um. Yeah, like, I think, yeah, the the episode's out of order. I heard this voicemail, like, two weeks ago now when it first came in, and it got my mind going on other situations like that. But, yeah, I think it's, like, all, th- th- another thing, like, we just know from being in film production and stuff, although we've never worked on a television show, but just knowing it is that, like, the production order can deliberately be different from airing order. 
Yeah. Because it can like certain because they they basically start scheduling and budgeting a whole season together ahead of time. It's not like they only work on one episode for a week and finish it and then move on to the next episode. Some shows do obviously work like that, but other shows can be doing scenes for two weeks from now while they're doing a scene for this week and then a scene from, you know, three weeks from now. So like there's episode order and there's production order and they can be deliberately backwards. Like all of those, um, cop shows and stuff like that where they need to actually go in order because there's a deliberate, whatever, who cares? It doesn't even matter. You know, and another situation, <laughs> like what, what happened? I, I'm like, wait, wait, the way you trailed off. I'm like, are we leaving this in? Or are you cutting this out? You, we'll just leave it in. You fade I just realized your, I was like... basically, <laughs> I realized I was basically just repeating what Jake said on the phone call more or less, like, and barely adding to it. So yeah, I just kind of like, I tuned out of my own prattling on <laughs> with shooting like you have to work around actor schedules and right. you know other like director schedules and you know if you're going on location location schedules and all that stuff there's yeah. a lot to organize so. and then like another thing i was thinking of to build on what jake is saying that like sometimes the airing order as it originally happened on television might have happened that way but that wasn't the intended order of neither the production nor the intended airing order. Like sometimes, like he's saying, episodes. there's an X-Files episode where they switch the order. Yeah, we talked about this already. Yeah, I was... We already did this. But in our real lives. Because after, oh. this, after this voicemail was called up, oh, I heard it I'm and like I thought so about I'm like so confused. That. I'm like, no, we did this on the podcast last no. week, Dan. Why are you going into this right now? We did it right when now. we were driving in the car oh. and you were like, what's on your mind? Oh. And I was like, oh, I'm thinking about the X-Files because of this phone call we got <laughs> two weeks ago now. <laughs> okay, sorry. Continue. There's an episode of the X-Files where there's a there's like a, basically a cancer vampire. Like he... Once he eats people's, he has to kill people to eat cancer because that's what he survives on, right? And this episode, at the end of it, he tries to kill Scully. So you're like, oh, Scully has cancer from all her, from her alien, from all of her alien abductions. <laughs> from her alien abduction, she has some sort of cancer, and that's how you find out that happened. Now, if you watch the show on streaming which is in the order it's originally intended, the next episode she's at the doctor. But if you watch the show at the time, the next episode is this one where, like, she gets kind of, like, spaced out and takes a day, it takes some time off from the X-Files and goes and basically has, a like, a, a, a one-night stand with a guy just for the heck of it. And it turns out that guy has a talking evil tattoo. <laughs> right. But... If you saw these episodes in the order when they originally aired, you would think cancer vampire, she finds out she has cancer. Next episode, she's kind of like not doesn't want to work and goes and has a one night stand with this guy that's yeah, also happens to works, be a killer. Still makes sense. Because you think like, oh, she f- might have cancer and she's not sure and she's waiting for the results and she goes to like try to live her life and then in the next episode she gets the test results but that wasn't the order it was intended they just wanted this one episode where that completely apropos of nothing scully like wants to go sell her wild oats you know what i mean because they're like oh the the women characters in these kind of shows don't normally do that so let's do that for this episode but airing it after the episode where it's hinted that she might have cancer completely changed the context 
And it took like forever for episode orders to understand online, like episode guides to understand these. This is not the way these three episodes were meant to air. Right. And the way they the reason why they aired it that way. Because of the Super Bowl. Because they decided that the cancer vampire episode kind of had a more interesting high concept to air after the Super Bowl that would catch people's attention than guy with a talking tattoo, <laughs> which they're both sound interesting, but the talking tattoo guy is not like that. It's not a big science fiction idea. It turns out it's just like there was a drug in his ink that kind of makes him go crazy, whereas cancer vampire, actual supernatural being. I mean, I know every guy I've ever had a one night stand with has had a talking tattoo. I thought that was just standard. I don't need to hear about this. Thank you very much. (laughs) I don't need you to remind me that I used to have a talking tattoo. (laughs) Yeah, lots of shows air out of order, like Freaks and Geeks. I don't know if it aired out of order. I feel like it aired in order, but I didn't watch it like... I watched it while it was happening, but in syndication. So I watched Freaks and Geeks on Fox Family while it was still airing originally on, I don't I don't know, I guess regular Fox. Mm-hmm. And I watched it every week after State of Grace in order. <laughs> and so when I got the DVD set, which actually I have two, two DVD sets because it's my favorite show. Mm-hmm. So when I got each of the DVD sets, they're out of order. Wasn't and it's the so second frustrating. DVD set in order? The second one might be in order. I think that's why we yeah. bought the second one, because the second one was like the, the pristine version where they right. put them in order And properly. I think when it was on Netflix, it was also out of order. So it's like you're watching and you're like, for some reason, so like Lindsay and Nick are just suddenly together. And then like <laughs> they're not together in the next episode. And then they get together in the one after that. And then they're like not together again. And you're like, what is going on? All this conversation works for this episode because we're talking about television again this week. So yeah. this works out. There we go. Well, we have another voicemail, so let's hear this one. Hey guys, it's Daniel. Uh, just had a quick note. Um, so when I go down, obviously has a couple of key changes in it. When I go down, that's what we talked about last week. We talked about when I go down, and we had Zeke Bauer on. Yeah, that feels that's like it right. was months ago, but it was only two weeks ago. Um, and it's just interesting that like outside of Marigold, the only like actual album songs that Reliant K has that change keys are the closing songs from albums three through six. So uh, Jefferson Airplane, uh, When I Go Down, um, uh, crap. <laughs> and then he didn't call back. <laughs> <laughs> but I, uh, this is the end if you want it. I must be another one. Albums one through six, right? And then... Uh... Yeah. Deathbed's in there somewhere. Yeah, deathbed. There's probably 25 key changes. I'm sure there isn't, but it's such a long song. Um, yeah, that's interesting. I didn't realize that. That's pretty cool that I guess Matt Thiessen saves key changes for yeah. special occasions. Nancy Drew, or, or, or is it K-Car? K-Car. So is there a key change in K-Car? I don't know. We'll have to get a call back from Daniel to let us know if that was one of them. Because we're not talking about K-Car this week. We're talking about the Office theme song as performed by Reliant K. Never recorded in the studio. Although we have something to discuss about that when we get to covers. Yeah, and with extra added lyrics. So Jessica, I guess we can follow the same (laughs) format that we do. This is kind of a cover, like Charles in Charge. 
like any K for Karaoke song that we would do, we can kind of like start with the original and then work our way towards Reliant K. Do you want to do it that way? Do you want to talk about The Office and the Office theme song and then get to Reliant K's lyrics? Sure. So what do you think of The Office? Well, we love, you and I love The Office. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the, The Office, the U.S. Office, ran for nine seasons, although who really watches after Jim and Pam's wedding? Like, come on. And who really watches season one? Like, I do. I like season one. You like season one? Yeah, it kind of follows the UK one a little more and then like kind of diverges off into its own thing. But yeah. Because episode one, the first episode of the US office is the only one that's not a shot for shot remake, but the only one that uses a script from the original office. Like if you watch the first episode of the original office and you watch the first episode of the U.S. one. They're the same basic thing with minor changes for, uh, you know, slight character changes that happen. And all the character templates are there. They're all built up on, right? Like, one of the only character templates that I remember they completely didn't follow from the shift to the U.S. version is that Mindy Kaling's character... In the UK office, she's like the daughter of a friend of the boss. So he has like a certain... So uh, David Brent is the boss character in the original office. He's got a he's got like this certain like... Like nobody sexually harass her. Like, right. like he tries to act fatherly to her, but he's not really capable of it because he's such a... Like a right. dork. He's, so, he's such like a problematic guy that he tries to be like that but he can't really because he's always saying inappropriate things to other people anyway but that character trait that's the only thing from the pilot from both pilots that's completely not matched up at all like Mindy Kaling's character and the character that she represents in the UK office that is completely not the same although she's there's still the bj novak mindy kaling like i don't remember all these characters names anymore (laughs) but the fact that bj novak and mindy kaling's characters have an on again off again thing that does slightly exist for those same characters in the uk version yeah what's your favorite episode dan of the of the american office i don't think i've ever actually like i've loved watching the show but I don't think since it ended, I've watched that much of it, except when like we're on an airplane or something. So I don't think I've ever actually, like, I don't remember having a specific favorite episode. And this is also a show that you would put on all the time, yeah, just as background noise. Yeah. But I wouldn't necessarily think to put the show on as background noise. Like this is like Thirty Rock for me, where like I loved it at the time, and I would quote it, and I'll quote it when I think of a relevant quote. But I don't really go back and watch Thirty Rock anymore. <laughs> 30 Rock, which definitely has problematic stuff in it (laughs) that people have tried to cancel. Like, well, not cancel, because in television, hey, cancel culture's always been around. Just ask all those (laughs) network bigwigs that are always canceling good shows. Um, So my favorite episode is... There's a dog playing upstairs. I'm sure that's getting picked up. Yeah, if you can hear that. (laughs) It's not April. It's the upstairs neighbor's dog. Um, Is the... And this actually does come after Jim and Pam's wedding, but it's the murder mystery one. Right, I do. I love that one. I rewatch that one all the time and also Fun Run because it's where Jim and Pam are, yay, officially together. So... Um, so we loved this show and watched it together while it was airing. And actually, so our 
for our wedding, we had a wedding shower that your family kind of threw for us in Boston. Right. And my cousins who live in Chicago flew out for it Mm because we're all very close. And so and they actually were like my three like like lead bridesmaid together Mm -hmm. (laughs) my three maids slash matrons of honor um and so we i we we sort of went and it was a surprise to me that they were coming and so after that we did sort of like a like pseudo bachelorette night kind of thing but in our own special way so we're all obsessed with the office so we went to chili's And definitely had, like, margaritas and were like, I feel God in this Chili's tonight. And, yeah, it's good good times. And then... It's so cute. At our, <laughs> at our reception, after our reception, we had, like, an after party back at the hotel because we had, like, a massive suite for, like, mm-hmm. everybody to just hang out in, uh, like, right next to our, our room. And after I changed out of my dress, I got into my replica like field day scranton shirt (laughs) (laughs) i don't remember that yeah which that's the episode where jim and pam find out that they're pregnant oh okay and they do oh they do the the slumdog millionaire thing uh michael scott and uh my gosh i'm blanking on her name now the lady he ends up with anyways who's just like female (laughs) michael scott anyhow right good stuff <laughs> we should have like a character cheat sheet i know to remind right? us of all these things i did not bother going back to watch rewatch any of the office like like i said i liked it at the time and i can't index a lot all of it or most of it in my mind but if something just reminds me of a scene from the office you know i have i'll be able to pull up the reference it's not like the simpsons where i can actually like recite episodes right verbatim basically <laughs> um I used to watch when we met at in film school. I was watching the UK Office at the time because I don't know how like I discovered it. I think like is at the library or something. Like oh, I've heard of this show, and I think maybe the American version had just started at the time. Did you have what year it started there? Uh, let me pull it up. So I think the UK the US version might have just been announced or was just starting because this would have been two thousand six. Right. So I was watching the UK office at the time from the library, really enjoying it. No, no, no uh, baggage for who Ricky Gervais was at the time. Right. Because <laughs> he's obnoxious in hindsight. But um, then I like took my do you have the year there? Yeah. The US office uh, started March 24th, 2005. OK, so what it started. So the the American version had just started. And that must have been why I checked out the UK version. So I checked out the UK version and like it ended up influencing one of the scripts I wrote that year because you could write scripts and submit them for different other teams of film, you know, film students to make. And that's how I had that script that was set in an office. And the thing was, office space was a big deal at the time. Also called Jake. That's We're gonna right. Full circle here, Dan. I had no title, and I just picked the name Jake, literally because of less than Jake. Like I couldn't think of a name, so I just called the character Jake. That's adorable. And um, so, yeah, I wrote this script that was influenced by the UK Office, which was not that big an influence on on like people overall at the time. So I felt really cool for knowing this thing that was not that well known in 2005. Office Space 
was a big like point of reference for film students and people but I was not referencing office space but everybody thought it was an office space ripoff or whatever because of office space but I I did not really love office space I like it there's certain stuff I like in it more than others but I was like not I never actually worked in an office so I was more right. making, and, and there's a there, there's definitely a tonal difference between there's there's similarities but between office space and the office the UK office like there's like you know office space is kind of a higher concept thing like he gets you know confidence because his hypnotist has a heart attack in the middle of his session you did have you ever seen the office space i have like, i don't remember that part of that's it, the though. whole basis like and and that's like it's not magical it's not magical realism but there is a certain amount of disbelief there is a certain amount of high concept there as opposed to just a story about like people in an office having like anti-humor situations you know what i mean office space he's, he goes to a hypnotist therapist guy and he tells him like he hypnotizes him and says you know you'll have no more fear or anything and he's about to like remove it because the idea is just have him feel no fear for a second and he's about to bring him out of the thing but then the hypnotist has a heart attack right then so suddenly he has no more fear of his boss and of being late and of being thought of badly so that's the whole point of office space now dan can you tell me star of office space is that the guy from band of brothers or the guy from early edition no i can't tell you that (laughs) band of brothers right not kyle chandler okay no i I can kind of see it because yeah the office space guy and the band of brothers guy he is more comedic and kyle chandler does not have that comedic bent to it right if i think of early edition and I think of Friday Night Lights. He is a bit more of a stoic, like, dad-like character. Yeah. Whereas Ron Livingston from there Office <laughs> Space, he is more comedic. So there's that difference. But yeah, this has been a point forever that I can't tell the difference between Ron <laughs> Livingston. And it's not one of those things, like, there's always those kind of analogs of, like, people that kind of get mixed up. Like, uh, like uh, what, what's their names? Um, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, what's the one of them just passed a bit? Uh, Bill Pullman and Bill Paxton. Like, people mix them up because of their names, but I can tell they don't even look them. alike, though. Yeah, but I also remember like uh, Kirsten Dunst and Reese Witherspoon used to be mixed up all the time, and like you wouldn't really mix them up anymore. Mm-hmm. But like at the time, you can kind of see because they were playing similar roles. Ron Livingston and Kyle Chandler, I, I can't differentiate them they are the same person like this must be what it's like to have face face blindness you know when you can't tell somebody's face like that's what i feel when i think of those two actors so the office i wrote that script for film school and it was a whole horrible situation which i don't even feel like getting into basically the people who because you would write a script and you'd submit it to the instructors and it would get put and you know get voted on and it would get produced by other producing teams of students because they didn't want the writers working on their own movies like you'd all get teamed up into teams that would produce a short film and so my script gets handed off to these people and they just rewrite the whole thing except for one scene and they add all these they make it more office space ish they made it very wackety schmackety they made it way more wackety schmackety whereas mine was like more grounded and about like 
with sight gags like yoga hosers and things like that. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, like, yeah, like cutaways, yeah. like, the Simpsons, like post Family Guy, more like Family Guy. Yeah, there you go. Like the Simpsons had cutaways for a time, but it's like Family Guy that really pushed the cutaway thing. And it would like, like freeze frame, and then like an arrow would pop up, and they'd be like pointing at something in the background or whatever, and then like type would appear, text would appear on screen, and they'd say whatever. Anyways, so the premise. Now I want to get into it a little. Bit. <laughs> No. So the story of this script that I wrote, because it's 2005, so it's still relatively recent to concepts like the dot-com boom or whatever, right? And it was about a guy who, out of high school, became a millionaire because he was on the ground floor of a dot-com thing. Like, not an Apple, but like a dot-com thing. Not a technology, but a website boom. And he became a millionaire overnight, and the company was... And then now he's got to work... It's 2004 in my script. Now he's got to work in a regular job for the first time ever because, like, he doesn't make money from that company anymore. It's completely gone. So it's like this person who never worked a day in his life trying to figure out. But he's still, like, a tech, intelligent guy. And that's the concept of the thing. And he has no social ability because he had all this money from right after high school, but he's an intelligent and tech-minded and all this stuff. That's the script. And then comedy ensues and it's a little whatever i don't know it probably i literally stole jokes from the simpsons or whatever like dialogue things because i just didn't whatever and he makes friends with one girl there who kind of like is nice to him and gets him and like they talk and they're like friends and it's not like a i want to bang you thing it's just like oh he's made a connection with a friend in the workplace for the first time well of course the film, pro- the producing team of students that got the script, they're like, well, she's the girl. So obviously he wants to bang her. And whoever they wrote this really script forgot to put that into her. Yeah. yeah, it was unfortunate. Because the whole point was about, like, human connection. The whole point was about, like, lacking the social ability. It was, I realized that was basically my story. <laughs> Except that, like, I, I made up this whole thing about him being a millionaire or whatever, and that's why he doesn't have social connections. Like, yeah, so I was, like, so annoyed. And they rewrote every single scene except for one. The one where he explains his backstory about why he's never worked, you know, worked as an employee anywhere in his life. So that's my influence from The Office UK. (laughs) I don't really watch The Office UK anymore. I remember when they announced, like, the David Brent movie, because David Brent is the Michael Scott of of the UK version. And they finally came out, and I'm like, I'm like, this movie is like ten years too late. Like they came out with a sequel to the David Brent character, but none of the cast of the original Office was in it because apparently nobody, none of them like working with Ricky Gervais. Like they're just Stephen Merchant, who's his friend, who he still worked with, but was never an actor on the original Office. So anyway, um, but I love the. Let's talk about the American version. Ten years too late, like Sin City (laughs) Two. Or maybe, you know, probably what's going to be 20 years too late, like Avatar 2. Right. <laughs> Anybody looking forward to that? Nope, we all forgot. That's what I thought. Me exactly. Too. So um, I'm trying to think of anything else about the American office that I felt like needed saying. <laughs> oh, I, we were kind of getting around to it. But like, yeah, so the first se- the first season is a little meaner. The first season of the American Office is it has a sure. slightly meaner edge, yeah, because it's still it's still shaking off that concept of the UK version. 
because the UK version is mean, mean at times, but it's really just more stark. Like that's where the comedy comes from. It's more, it's a little bit more realistic. Sure, it's wacky in in, in parts, but it's meant to be more realistic than maybe the U- U.S. version was. But as they kind of like figured, oh, you know what it is? It's because like so many American shows end up becoming about family. <laughs> like that becomes the theme. Right. Like all these people in the office of the American version with Michael Scott they all end up realizing they're all family. Like, they're friends to the point of being family. That's not the point of the original UK office, right? So that's not really the driving force of the first season or or maybe season and a half of the US office. But then they start to realize, like, let's actually have these characters like each other and let's have these characters, like, care about each other even if they drive each other crazy and, and pull pranks and do all kinds of, like, you know, wild stuff at different points. But even as they figured out, let's make these characters more likable and let's make these characters more palatable, you know, even having like that anti-comedy and that awkward comedy. And it's one of the first things that really made awkward comedy like mainstream, I feel like, because so many other awkward styles of comedy were not popular overall for like American audiences. But I guess it's the power of the characters that they created for the U.S. version that they could have these awkward comedy moments and people would enjoy them because they're like, oh, I feel bad because I love this character and I care about this character. So I want to see them get through this awkward, funny moment, right? But still, despite that, for like, I don't know, like the first four seasons, there's still a lot of like... Holly. Holly, that's her name. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> there's still... There's still like racial stuff and like, you know... All kinds of like little things that you just wouldn't hear on the uh, if they redid the office now. You know what I mean? Like there's I don't want to quote anything, but there's just because out of context, it seems totally out of place. But yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of like shocking jokes racially and stuff on like even once the characters become way more likable and the characters overall are more palatable and the characters we know today, there's still so much stuff in those first couple of seasons that is like too much you know another funny thing about sorry you were talking (laughs) i was just gonna say that reliant k should have covered hunter jan's assistance uh (sighs) single right that'd be great and i remember there's by the hand (laughs) what was that and uh what was that sexual attraction or what was that remember like they did the office had webisodes uh, they were basically like spinoffs with some of the oh, cast, yes. and in one of them, they create a boy band. They create a pop band. Uh, I wanted. I was. I almost said uh, sexual seduction. That's not it. That's Snoop Dogg song that came out around the same time. <laughs> oh yes. Oh my gosh. I, like, but it's real deep cut because it wasn't in the aired <laughs> episodes. It was a yeah. internet only spinoff. It was okay. I had to look it up. It's called. The two songs were Subtle Sexuality and Male Prima Donna. That's right. You're a male <laughs> prima donna, but I can't help but want you. We would love it if you... And these were later because this is what once Erin comes in. Yeah. So these are like really when The Office was really taking off. And I guess they couldn't make enough content and people wanted it all. Um, Jessica's independent diva, but I still kind of need you. <laughs> That's right. Jessica had this on her iPod and it would come up in the car sometimes. I did. 
Another funny... So, a couple other things that I think about when I think of this show is kind of contemporaneous. It was to the time. Like, that's one other thing is, like, so many episodes are, like, this episode can only exist in the year it was made. Especially, like, they would reference, like, internet trends and they would recreate them around the office planking planking but nobody remembers planking yeah like literally the office is the only place that it's like parkour five years after parkour one time i tweeted like it's too bad the office isn't on the air anymore because now i don't know when internet trends have run their course (laughs) but it was also like locked in its time for even like the decisions they'd make production wise on the show because like Ed Helms character was I don't think he was really intended to be the mainstay he became but I think it was Ed Helms success with the hangover movies they were they were like oh you're a star now we'll put you in the opening credits you'll eventually become the boss that takes over for Michael Scott like you became a star aside from this show let's give you more and then the same thing happens with um, Craig Robinson's character, right? Yeah. Because he starts in the early seasons. He's in the loading warehouse, dock, yeah. the warehouse, and you only see him once in a while. And then Craig Robinson goes off and becomes a really successful star in movies and outside of The Office. So The Office is like, oh, let's give you a desk <laughs> In the main floor, so yeah. we see your character more. Hot tub time machines that right. can marry make a porno. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. That, <laughs> one was a little bit more successful than the other. <laughs> but that's what I mean. Is like, so the people who made The Office, like they, they didn't really think of some of the evergreen elements, and like, I just doubt that like Craig Robinson and Ed Helms' characters would have become on the show what they became if those two actors didn't go off and have a successful movie career outside of The Office. That then the producers of The Office tried to not take advantage of because I'm sure everyone wanted to be there. But it's like, you know, they had to prove themselves somewhere else. Like, you know, come on. Come on. You know? You know what I'm saying? Sure. (laughs) So that's The Office. So I'm wondering, you folks out there, what do you think of The Office? What's your favorite episode of The Office? Start yelling at your iPhones and your computers wherever you listen to this. I thought you were going to say call 40295-SADIE. No, 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 no. Just yell it out into the ether. Oh, okay. And we'll listen. Shh, let's listen. Oh, Oh, yeah. That's a good one, too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's also one of my favorites. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, You know what? Keep doing this. Keep yelling out your favorite episodes while we go to our commercial break. (laughs) And we'll be right back. We want to thank you very much for listening to Sadie Hawkins Pod. Please follow us on Twitter and Instagram, which are both at Sadie Hawkins Pod. From there, you can interact with us as well as view the videos and images we talk about on the show. You can also call our voicemail line, which is 402-95-SADIE. That's 402-957-2343. Leave us a message and we can play it on a future episode. Also, we invite you to check out SadieHawkinsPod.com, one simple place to get links to all our social media and a link to our Tee Public store. There you can pick up merchandise, or merch as it's known in the industry. We have our Black Flag parody shirt, our Little Sheet Boy ice cream shirt, and our all-new Boys from Canton ampersand shirts that list the first names of every album lineup of Reliant K. 
then if you can't get enough of us, well, good news. At patreon.com slash sadiehawkinspod, we are releasing at least two bonus episodes a month. You'll also have access to our whole backlog, including our discussion of Owl City's Ocean Eyes, reading through the complex infrastructure book, and the songs from K is for Karaoke. Finally, we want to thank our current patrons, who include Daniel, Josh, JR, Jarrett, Eric, Joel, Connor, Michael, Helen, Samantha, Roxanne, Jimmy Eat Pod, This Might Be a Podcast, Tucker, David, and Brady. We hope to see you there, and even if we don't, we hope that you will keep us in positive regard. What's up, listeners of Sadie Hawkins Pod? I hope you're having a blessed day and enjoying the hot takes from Danny and Jessica. Uh, Brian, do you mind if I say something? Go ahead, for you are a valiant man and bring good news. Thanks, man. Hey, I just wanted to remind everyone of my favorite scripture, Fentuzler 316. For the Zeitgeist Lab Pods so love their fellow man that they proselytize their only begotten opinions about community and drive through records into the world. A very blessed scripture. Of course. And everyone listening to the Sadie Hawkins pod can check out the Zeitgeist Lab Collections pod first two seasons, wherever fine podcasts are found. That's right. And we'll be back with Collection 3 soon. Again, that's Zeitgeist Lab Collections podcast, available on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else fine podcasts are found. So, in talking about The Office, we didn't really talk about the theme song, but... We had- Iconic, fun, no lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> and then Reliant K decides to basically do a cover of it for, I think, like, they were doing it almost every show for this two-year period of, like, 2007, 2008. But then they would do it on and off again at different stuff at different times. Like, they did it a couple times on The Best Tour Ever, and they did it as late as 2013. Is that when The Best Tour Ever was? Well, whatever. <laughs> the best tour whatever so then they go and they add extra lyrics and i dm'd john schneck and he basically said don't quote me on anything i'm saying so i'm not quoting him on this but he feels like it was basically that they were kind of goofing around in a sound check one time and that Tyson wrote the song on stage as we know he's inclined to do write songs on the fly we've seen it in the where the buffalo and cell phone room webisodes back from brian and dave being in the band that he's there's just there's a scene in that web series where he just sits at a computer at a piano and just writes a song right there so that's something that Tyson does so he might have improvised it at something like that if he didn't write it beforehand and then they were just like this feels like something we can start doing on stage. This is how Schneck kind of remembers it, but he was saying his memories are very fallible, so not to completely trust that that's exactly what it was. Oh, sorry, that's me. Oops. (laughs) Jessica's phone started being haunted. (laughs) Well, I was just pulling up the lyrics to Mm -hmm. the Reliant K version of the song. And you can kind of tell if you go and listen to that made up song on the, the where the Buffalo and cell phone room thing where he's talking about your phone minutes is like, Hey, thanks for what he's Tyson basically writes a song in that webisode show. He's like, thanks for watching our little webisode series. And then he sings a little song about your care, about your phone carrier and hope in your data and your minutes and stuff. 
And like that song has a very has this very similar style to the original lyrics, the kind of made up improvised tone that Tyson is likely to make when he just makes up a song on the spot. Yeah. Which is comprised of the following lyrics. Michael Scott, Pam and Jim, you've got me glued to my television. Angela, you're way too cute to be messing around with someone like Dwight Schrute. Relying K and the Football Hall of Fame are in Canton. Won't someone please transfer us to Scranton? We just wasted one minute and 57 seconds of the show. Well, that's funny that they... Who, what, what website is this that put these lyrics up? Officialtally.com. Odd. <laughs> which is only there because I put it here for the comment section. Gotcha. So, a little thing there is that... They played this song throughout the summer of, I think, like 2008 or seven, right? I can actually double. I didn't look at the dates on the YouTube videos that I pulled. But around then, they did not throw in crayons at the end in the original performances. Mm. That's something they started to do towards the end of them playing this song. So once they kind of get back from the summer of doing like festivals and stuff and they're back into uh when you start looking at the youtube videos where they're in clubs again mm-hmm. later in the year probably in 2008 or something that's when at the end they toss in a parody version of crayons where they say we just wasted you know a minute of the show they throw that in there but they didn't do that all the time oh okay they must, so this person must have edited this page because down in the comments, the comments are from like 2007. So Cash Baskets on November 4th, 2007 said, they did this song at an October 18th concert that I went to. I could hear shouts of I love Pam Beasley over the music. It was amazing. <laughs> Barry on November 4th, 2007 said, now I'm not a huge Reliant K fan, but that just bumped them up a notch or three. Oh, I put the original lyrics in my notes as well. I forgot because I did these notes two weeks ago. (laughs) One other thing that's funny is that they, in all the YouTube, I watched just about every live version of this on YouTube. After a while, I would only listen to a second because basically I was trying to find the best quality version to edit into the episode, into the, into our podcast. And they would change up the lyrics and Angela, you're way too cute to be messing around with someone like Dr- Dwight Schrute. They would change messing around to hanging out in the, and I think the more Christian venues and more uh, Christian shows. Not just when they weren't together. <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> they face it on whether Angela and Dwight were together in At those the episodes. <laughs> I remember, and we saw this, this song played live. Yeah. At RevGen in New Jersey, and I found your video. Jessica uploaded it at the time. She, <laughs> yeah, it was you, like 2009, and yeah. I put it on YouTube then. <laughs> and I remember being kind of confused. I, I actually remember being in the crowd, hearing them do this original song about the office that ends with the actual theme song, and feeling a little surprised that anybody thought Angela was cute. <laughs> Because she's a very... Rude Danny. No. <laughs> please just understand, I'm not talking about the actress. I'm just talking about the character. Right. 
and the way the character presents herself. I understand she's an attractive lady. I don't know the actress's name. They pick the super Christian one. Is she Christian in real life? Oh no, the no, Christian character. I meant char- the character. Oh right, but it's fu- oh yeah, it's but it's funny because she's also she's not like she's like a flawed character. Mm-hmm. Like she's she she's very like staunch and conservative, but then like the joke is that like she's actually kind of freaky and stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> like that's the joke. <laughs> like with Dwight, like I'm not kidding. You're kind of freaky. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I guess I just wasn't into that kind of type, like the bun, like the hair tied back, acting like, you know, like a librarian type or like a secretary who's like (laughs) secretly kind of, you know, uh, down. Are you saying that I'm I'm not the naughty librarian type, Dan? You're not. (laughs) What about when I wear my glasses? No, that, then you're more like a secretary <laughs> than a librarian. I feel kind of, like, offended by that, maybe? Why would you want to look like a, sec- a, a, a librarian when you wear glasses? Because, I mean, no offense to secretaries, but it feels like, you know, librarians are really studious, so you just automatically think they're smarter. That's not to say secretaries aren't smart. Secretaries but are secretaries totally smart. Are, I've seen nine to five. Yeah, secretaries are go-getters. They yeah, like, I guess yeah. that's true. All right. Angela Kinsey is the actress's name. So I guess her character was also called Angela. Just yeah, like, like how Creed... A Bart- bunch of them are. Yeah. Like all the background characters, their first names are just their like, actual first names. It's probably... I wonder if it was done that way for the sake of improvising. Like, let's just make this easier on ourselves for all the improvising that's done on that show. It's like, if the character's name is the actor's name, then there's no chance of saying the wrong name. You know Oscar's what I mean? Oscar's Oscar's name. Oscar's Oscar. But Creed Barton is the one that's like... his. It's literally his name. <laughs> that's his name. That's his first and his last name. Well, that is what he... He looks like a Creed Barton. Right. Oh, and we didn't talk about BJ Novak. <laughs> And that's scam. And he just started waving his hands around. Because I was just looking at the cast. Because we talk about this all the time. Like, BJ Novak was a producer on the show. So he must have, like, somehow been like, well, obviously I'm going to be in the theme song and, like, an above-the-line credit, right? But he doesn't do anything on the show. And he's far from... He does some stuff. He has some stories throughout the show. But he's nothing like any of the other characters he over the course of the show he does the least he has the least interesting stories and the annoying aspects of his character seem to mirror that of the annoying aspects of bj novak as a person as like a celebrity so it's just so ridiculous when you watch the theme song and they say like I don't know these all these actors' names. Danny like hates BJ Novak. I hate him. I just <laughs> like, no. He's you've just been obnoxious. having this rant for like ever. So you're watching the opening <laughs> credits and they're like, and it shows the 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 the, the main cast: Steve Carell, Jenna Fisher, John Krasinski. You're like, yeah, these characters are in every episode. They have full long stories. And then BJ Novak. You're like, what? <laughs> like, there's whole swaths of episodes where he's gone. Like, there's no reason for him to be in the opening credits. I don't know what his background is, like, as an individual. I'll have to look into that sometime. So, over on my deep dive, I have an, alter- an alt-press article 
uh, called The Eight Most Baffling Cover Songs We Heard at Warp Tour This Summer from August 18th, 2008. That's funny. Yeah, so they did play this a bunch on Warp Tour. So I'm guessing like on Warp Tour, they said messing around more often than they said it at Christian festivals. So on this list, we have the Agrolites covering the Beatles' Don't Bring Me Down. That makes sense. I could totally hear like a reggae version. No, no, no. That's a, I think the Agrolites have, I think that's a recorded track that they've done. We have the Randys covering Fugazi's Waiting Room. Okay. Real Big Fish covering Metallica's Enter Sandman. That's funny because Mighty Mighty Boss Tones have a studio cover of Enter Sandman that's not ska. Like they just made a straight ahead cover of Enter Sandman. Interesting. Ludo covering Faith No More's Epic. Okay. I don't know who any of those are. Uh, Pierce the Veil covering Michael Jackson's Beat It. Interesting. I wonder Angel, if- <laughs> this one, Angel and Airwaves covering Blink-182's Reckless Abandon. <laughs> what? That's not, why is that bizarre or whatever? Like That, that makes, makes perfect sense. sense. Okay, sure. Uh, Gym Class Heroes covering Lamb of God's Laid to Rest. Reliant K covering the theme song from The Office. Matt Thiessen and co. are as quirky as piano-pounding pop-punkers can really get, but they also take their craft incredibly seriously. When their set was nearly washed out by a freak storm in Scranton this summer, they regrouped with this gem as soon as the sun came back out. Talk about an absolute bizarre and unforgettable warped moment. Yeah, I mean, I guess. Oh, that reminds me that uh, Schneck did say something to the effect of, like, he thinks it came together around the time of them playing in Pennsylvania. He didn't seem to remember if it was in Scranton. Gotcha. He, he said could have been Scranton or near Scranton. So it sounds like putting the context clues together from this, maybe they really did put it together just for Scranton and they yeah. said, let's keep this in the set. Uh, then we have the wiki wand for the Appetite for Construction Tour, which was from 2007. And it was a three-month 2007 concert tour that was co-headlined by rock bands Switchfoot and Reliant K with special guest Ruth. Uh, The tour was unique in that none of the bands involved were touring to push a new album or single. They embarked on the tour to benefit Habitat for Humanity and donated $1 per ticket sold to the organization. At the end of the tour, the bands had raised over $100,000 for Habitat. And then if we scroll down a little bit, uh, Reliant K was the first of the headlining acts to perform with their set usually lasting about an hour and a half. The set list featured hits like Be My Escape and Who I Am Hates Who I've Been from their 2004 breakout record, Mm -hmm. as well as some of their older classics and newer songs. The band did not perform an encore, playing all their songs in one set. The band also routinely covered the theme from the hit TV show, The Office. For the dance floor favorite Sadie Hawkins dance, the band usually brought up people from the audience to play guitar and percussion instruments for the end of the song. Who are they? Green Day? That's what Green Day famously. I'm really? A, I'm sure a lot. Yeah, but I'm sure a lot of bands do that. But Green Day is kind it's, of the maybe the biggest one right now that is known to do that all the time. So it must have been that Habitat for Destruction or <laughs> that door. <laughs> habitat for Construction. Habitat for Construction. <laughs> tour that there's a bunch of youtube videos of and that might be where they threw in uh crayons at the end uh this is a blog eric novak 21.wordpress.com but this is zachary horner 
uh, saying what uh, he thinks that Reliant K's best songs are. And he ranked the theme song from The Office as number 12. Interesting. Then, songs that will make you want to visit Cleveland. I don't think there's a single song out there that could possibly make me want to visit <laughs> Cleveland, but what sure. If- what about that Dave Douglas uh, song? <laughs> it's like they, the, the Cleveland used it for their uh, tourism commercial. Here we go. Ten songs that will want to make, make you visit Cleveland Attack from contentmarketingworld.com. Uh, so I'm going to scroll down. The first one they mention is My Ex's Best Friend by Machine Gun Kelly. And I'm like, but I don't think that he talks about... Ohio or Cleveland in that he talks about New York so (laughs) or at least he mentions it they've got the Black Keys Huey Lewis and the News Cleveland Rocks uh, Heaven on Dirt are on here and then Forget and Not Slow Down is number 11 on their playlist not about Cleveland or Ohio and they weren't even living in Cleveland anymore by then (laughs) so not so sure any of these songs come through. Hmm. Then I've got a blog, and stop me if we've read this one before, but I feel like we haven't, and it doesn't, I don't think it has anything to do with The Office. Okay. But it's called Could Have Been a Contender Instead of a Bum. It Like, you know, uh, on the right. waterfront. July 2013, career best Reliant K. Career Best will be a feature where I look back on the career of one of my favorite artists and walk through their best albums and songs. I shouldn't like Reliant K. Their style of music is one that I usually loathe. And then there's an asterisk after that, but I'm not going to scroll down and find out what that is yet. (laughs) That pop punk style that dominated popular rock music in the 2000s can occasionally make me want to hurl, which is a word I probably haven't uttered out loud since the 2000s. Hurl? So you should, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 I get it. So you can see... I didn't get that at first. So you can see what even talking about this music is doing to me. When you look up Reliant K's music on iTunes, listeners apparently also bought Blink-182, Fallout Boy, Jack's Mannequin, and the All-American Rejects, all bands that I've sworn to hate, with the possible exception of FOB, which I'm more ambivalent to than anything. But I do like Reliant K. I love Reliant K, and I fell in love with them at college after I had already discovered bands such as Radiohead or The Hold Study or Fleet Foxes. And thought I was above such pop trite, but then my wife, girlfriend at the time, introduced me to their music. Whole albums beyond just the hit single, Be My Escape, which was the only song of theirs I really knew. And I didn't start to like them just because she liked them. Once she gave me their CDs, we talked about them maybe three times afterwards. It's not like I fell in love with Reliant K because I was falling in love with her, though I was falling in love with her. Reliant K just proved to be far more than any of these other pop, than, far more than any of those other pop punk bands. They were a legitimate band and band is italicized. A group that grew past their original sound to try out other ways of expressing themselves. A group that wrote lyrics about more than one thing and even about more than one category of things. A group that felt as complicated as I did. It also helped that they were a Christian band because that meant they tended to write about subjects that I inherently related to. Matt Thiessen wrote about the weight of sin, the hardness of forgiveness, hypocrisy, and 
hateful churches. Sometimes he was more direct about it than others, but he was always smart about it. There was arts artsy to his cleverness that other pop punk bands and other Christian bands didn't have. When Teeson turned a phrase, you knew you were hearing something unique, a level of wit you wouldn't hear from anyone else. I'm writing in the past tense because what? I'm writing Uh-oh. in the past tense, not, <laughs> not because <nervous>. <laughs> <laughs> they're not making music anymore. They actually just put out an album in June and it was okay. If Reliant K used to be on the opposite side of the road from those other pop punk bands, Collapsible Lung brought them closer to the double yellow lines. But nevertheless, (laughs) their discography stands on its own as proof that there was a band that made pop punk sound not only listenable, but great. Hopefully someday they'll make another album to stand with these albums. Then, till then... Here's their best albums. The best songs will come on Thursday. And then the asterisks what, okay. that they, where they said loathe might be too strong of a word. Maybe just despise. Feel like those are equal. Yeah. <laughs> Was that, would that, that would not have been worth scrolling all the way down in the middle <laughs> of the article and then scrolling back. And then they just have their like opinions on each album. So, yeah. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> so what do you have this week? Um, well, I have... So this song, I mean, I don't have the... I didn't deep dive... This would have been your job. Oh, I didn't one deep last dive thing. into who recorded the original theme song version. Like, were they session oh, people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Were they a real band? They're called the Scrantones, but that just seems like a fake band name just for that one song. Right. So I did find a site with covers... But when I hit the play button on the first one, I got a pop-up, and I'm pretty sure my phone has virus now. So, unfortunately, I can't bring those to the table. <laughs> okay, well, I did find a couple of things like that. I mean, yeah, we didn't play the actual song, but I think if everyone should pretty much know, this is the Office theme song right here. It is? So that's fun. Everybody knows that. Or do they? <laughs> For those of you that don't know it, there it is. I'm trying to remember what the Office uh, UK theme song sounded like right now. That's right. Oh, wow. Not it's, nearly as iconic. Not as, yeah, not as catchy, and I, not as iconic, but still like a similar thing. It's almost like sure. they took yeah. the original Office theme. And the made theme, it peppier. Yeah. The theme sequence is exactly the same for both shows. Like, when they went to make the U.S. theme sequence, Mm -hmm. they did the exact same thing as the U.K. had already done. They just get these ambient shots. They're only doing the same kind of general stuff as well. At least in the first season. Right. So, apparently there's a full-length version. There's, like, a longer version. There's a a two-and-a-half-minute version of the song. How many more times can I say version? (laughs) Oh, wow. This sounds like it should be on Birds and the B-Sides. With the bees buzzing. Yeah. It, I mean, this This is... They do sound like bees, but I don't know. Is that like some sort of moogie synth that is like tuned oddly? I just, You know, it never kind of occurred to me that this is kind of basically a pop rock song. It's not like the UK version that we just listened to for a second. That's kind of like a jazzy piano thing. And they took the same kind of jazzy pianoness, but they 
put in this like pop rock sort of post 90s pop rock sense so it kind of makes a lot of sense that a pop punk band could and would cover this song okay so according to dunderpedia which is the wikia for the office the scrantones who recorded the theme song consist of bob thiesel on guitar and his friends Dylan O'Brien on piano, Brian McLeod on drums, and Hale Craigan on bass. And these guys together who like recorded and created the theme song to the show, apparently they play the band in the Booze Cruise episode. Oh, that's cool. I was going to ask if Bob was Bob Vance from Vance Refrigeration, but I guess not. I guess not. Apparently, I mean, there's not a lot of information in this Dunderpedia thing, but I'm getting the sense now that they were just like, they just came together in a session to create the theme song. And that was kind of it because it says there was no group name when they performed the theme song for The Office. Yeah, there But you it go. was later that they named themselves the Scrantones in the episode Booze Cruise. So retroactively, the theme song is known as being performed by the Scrantones since apparently it was the same musicians who played the band in that episode. So there you go. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So that's interesting that there's a full length version and to figure out that history. So here's a couple of themes. Here's a couple of covers and then we'll get to Reliant K. Here's a couple of, uh, let me see. Here's a, we'll just do this one. Here's a TikTok where this person did the theme song in 10 genres. This might be the only non-Reliant K cover that we play. So this is a one minute video of, I mean, the I don't know if it is the person, because sometimes when TikToks are found on YouTube, it might not be the actual person who made the TikTok. But this is Omar Al Hassan, the office theme in 10 different genres, uploaded one year ago. So this is number one, original. It says country. This says pop. But this is like pop. Yeah, pop is too. This says punk. Jazz. Yeah, this is jazz. I like it. Rap slash trap. Reggae. Chip tune. He did all this from his bathroom. <laughs> or at least he recreated <laughs> the visuals in the bathroom. So that's pretty interesting. That, I mean, that's fun. That's a thing people do, huh? <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That was really cool. Artificial Fear did a power metal version, but we just heard a little bit of a metal version. Bitimi Music, like Bitty Me Music, they did like a MIDI sort of orchestral MIDI version. Someone named Matt did an 8-bit cover, but we just heard an 8-bit cover. So here's another important cover that we need to play of, you know, not relating to Reliant K. This is Scottoon Network with the Scoffers from four years ago. (laughs) 
Nice. And uh, please subscribe to Scottoon Network at YouTube.com. <laughs> so there was the, there are those covers. Now let's move on to Reliant K specifically. Here is your video of the song. We haven't actually played the song. So let's listen to your version and let's see how this <laughs> let's see how this holds up. This is uploaded by Jessica Dot Harcourt <laughs> eleven years ago with two hundred and nine views. Oh Jessica big says there. Reliant K covers the theme song to the American version of The Office with their own opening lyrics. Facts. <laughs> Did you even have? Did you have an iPhone at the time? Of course. Okay. We I know, both got first yeah, generation we had iPhones. For... And but I am trying to think if if video would have been on iPhone by this time. This is awful. I'll just because... take it down. <laughs> it's so unnecessary. There's so many other persons out there. It's it's no. We definitely there was definitely yeah. Because I guess when you got an like the first couple months of iPhone, there wasn't video yet, right? I don't think it came... I don't think there was a video until, like, three. Well, we definitely had iPhones with video at RevGen because I took video of the Supertones reunion, which was just happening at the time, and uploaded those to YouTube. Then that's what it is. Yeah. I think it sounds awesome. Listen to this. Listen to this fidelity. Fidelity matters. <laughs> Listen to this. <laughs> Oh, iPhones. Apple has just, they just continue to be the inferior product. (laughs) (laughs) And yet we all still buy them. Why? (laughs) So here's one where we'll play this one because we need to actually, let's hear that, you know, we don't know, we don't play the song that we talk about on the show, but we should this time because I'm sure a lot of people listening to us like three hours into the podcast don't even know what we're talking about so here's the entirety of Reliant K playing this song so this is uploaded by ILVJTCJD 13 years ago the office theme song in Barry Center Houston Texas 2007 better than this (laughs) well now it sounds bad because the band (laughs) all joins in together and it's 
So the second half doesn't sound good, but let's get a good sounding. Oh, that's right, I have. <laughs> I don't know what that was about. <laughs> I forgot that I have YouTube Premium for a month, so I closed the app and it didn't stop. And I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> so this one's uploaded by Ashila H. And 12 years ago, the Office theme song at Wonderland, June 27th. And whatever Wonderland is, maybe that's some sort of festival. And I'm going to skip ahead just to the office theme song part. I wish someone would just transfer us to And on that version, that the the main melody is being played by Hoops, doing some of that shredding. Yeah, nice. <laughs> but in a lot of the other tours, once this was played in you know in in clubs and stuff, there, Derek from the Evan Anthem played the melodica, came out and played the melodica a bunch. Actually, the, oh, cool. this is another outdoor show. But someone would come out and play the melodica at a bunch of different shows, you know, in the second year of them doing this in the set. So here's a version from Warp Tour, August 2008 in Carson, California, where the guy from the Evan Anthem comes out to play the melodica for the Office theme song part. I wish someone would just transfer us to Scranton. So there's a version with melodica in comparison to when nice. otherwise hoops would kind of shred that melody out. <laughs> so yeah, lots. there's tons and tons of versions of this and I'll share sort of the best sounding and best looking ones on our social media in the next week. But there are two covers of the Reliant K specific nice. version. And there's no other, you know, sort of fan videos. So we'll end with these two covers. This is someone on YouTube called Sycamore. S-Y-C-A-M-O-R-E. And this is a full band cover of the Reliant K specific version. Michael Scott, Pam and Jim, got me glued to my television. Angela, you're way too cute to be messing around with someone like Dwight Schrute. Please, Panda and the Football Hall of Famer in Canton. I wish someone would transfer us to Scranton.
Ooh, I really like that. I love those <laughs> drums. So yeah, that was good. And then, like, there's obviously sort of changes there. Mm-hmm. Whereas the Reliant K version, pretty much when they performed it live, was always just simple piano for the original lyrics. Right. And then the full band comes in. And even when the full band comes in here, there's still this kind of like pop punk like yeah it's this really thing. good i love it so there's like a little extra transforming here and so sycamore and what was the lyric they changed the reliant they took out they the took word out reliant, reliant k and changed it something else please panda please panda or please, police panda police panda because i don't understand it says it's sycamore pop punk it says, you know, go to our YouTube, go to our Bandcamp and Spotify. So whatever, please Panda is. Oh, Lee's Panda. Le- they put their their the lyrics up, L E E S, you know, apostrophe with an apostrophe. Lee's Panda. Whatever Lee's Panda is, I'm sure that's some sort of inside joke that nobody's. I don't know. So they wrote, please read before commenting about Reliant K. Happy face. Reliant K wrote this way back in the day. Oh, and this was original. This is from 2015. This cover. I didn't have any. I didn't have any part in writing this whatsoever. I simply loved it when I heard them play it live, and I was always confused on why they never recorded it throughout the years because I thought it was so good. So I decided to have some fun with my producer, Eric Tufstam, and then Eric Tufstam is in quotation marks since we're both huge fans of the show, and cover it. Once again, I didn't have any part in writing this. I only covered it out of respect, and I tried to do my best to do it justice. Thank you for reading this, and I hope you have a great day. I like how it ends like a cover letter. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Thank you for taking the time to read over this resume. Yeah. And I look it, forward to hearing from you. It feels like they add, they must have added that later because like the fact that the video is called the Office Theme Song Pop Punk Cover, written by Reliant K, cover by Sycamore. It must have confused a lot of people mm-hmm. who had no idea this Reliant K song was ever performed live. Right. So they added that first part to the beginning of the YouTube description. But here's their original YouTube description. Here's a little cover I did a couple years back. Just for fun, nothing more. The Office is my favorite show of all time, and I wanted to give something back for them making me feel not so alone. I sing softer than normal just because I felt it fits more that way. I felt it fits more that way. I might redo it one of these days. I'm not sure. <laughs> so there's that. And then there's 46 comments. I don't know if any comments in here are like, what do you mean relying K? Like... People probably thought this was like a, you know, crediting uh, some 41 or Blink-182 for a song they didn't do or Maybe. Weird Al Yankovic. But all this is just like, com- like you know, wow and uh, 100 emojis and uh, Reliant K wrote this and this is awesome. Holy shit, this is amazing. This sounds like an anime opening. <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> So maybe his original thing didn't credit Reliant K and so he uh, had to update the thing later because he got enough comments that was like this was written by Reliant K. And then this one is uploaded by N H E G E R 1 and this is their cursed <laughs> 12 years ago 2009 so this is closer to the source of when it happened. 
uh, a cover of Reliant K's cover of the Office theme. If you want the harmonica part, which is melodica, um, they wrote harmonica though, you're going to have to whistle it. And then they give the lyrics. So one comment, hey, this is great. Gotta love the old school Reliant K shirt. Oh, and he's wearing the Reliant K penguin green shirt that you own as well. So here's this only other cover of Reliant K's version of The Office. Let's kick it. dragging out the intro i was gonna say do we get to the lyrics (laughs) i just realized this version is 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 a minute and 41 seconds oh wow so it's like extra slow an educational song it's reminding you that (laughs) reliant k and the football hall of fame are in canton exactly someone please transfer us to scranton So then the original theme song part is kind of pointless because it's just that same underlying piano thing without the melody on top. Who knew the boys from Canton were from Canton? That's a really good point. I wonder what the best band from Scranton is because they should be called the boys from Scranton. (laughs) And then you could have the boys from Canton versus the boys from Scranton. I mean... It's Scrantonicity. And the Scrantones, of course. Yeah. And uh, what was the name of Subtle Seduction? Subtle Sexuality was the name of the right. girl group. They were a girl group. I don't know why I thought they were a boy group. It's it's the two... The two uh, it's Mindy Ed Kaling. Because Ed Helms pops in in one of them, and I think uh, BJ Novak pops in in the other. Man, I wonder... I'm trying to look up, according to The Bash, the top 40 bands from Scranton. It looks like they're just... This list is all just like local bands. I don't know whether this is like one of those things is like local bands, like 40 oh, local bands gotcha. that you can like book for like your wedding or whatever. So this doesn't really count. So I'm trying to figure out who are the boys from Scranton. <laughs> I wanted, and I was just thinking like, if you're a real musician from Scranton, like, do you just live in the shadow of the Scrantones and they're not even like a real band? So. Now, so instead, I'm going to famous people from Scranton, and then I'll just scroll until I see a musician. The number one most famous person from Scranton, current president of the United States, Joe Biden. I did not realize that. Scorpio like me is Joe Biden. Six feet, six foot like me. (laughs) Hugh Glass? Like, 
who died in 1833. I guess some famous adventurer or something. I don't know who that is. His name is also Hugh Glass, which sounds like a Bart Simpson. I was thinking that. I'm scrolling, scrolling past people who are like, you know, writers and fashion people and another writer. And okay, this has got to be a musician. Hugh Glass. Is yeah. It, is anyone here a Hugh Glass? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So Chris Chris Motionless, according to the faint what is this called? The famous is number thirteen most famous person from Scranton, Pennsylvania. It's Chris Motionless. And that is the lead singer of Motionless in White, an American heavy metal band from Scranton, Pennsylvania. They look like the kind of band that would have been playing. I've never heard of this band, but they look like the kind of metalcore band that would be playing with Reliant K when they were playing this. Sure. <laughs> They're metalcore, gothic metal, industrial metal, alternative metal, new metal. Sick. Um, yeah. Roadrunner Records. So never heard of Motionless in White, but apparently those are the boys from Scranton. So the boys canton versus scranton motionless and white i hope don't have a controversy section on their page and uh versus relying k sorry i'm still looking at other famous people <laughs> who's less famous than chris motionless gene kerr famous author who died in 2003 was born in 1922 i don't know where this is going but i'm still scrolling and scrolling and scrolling Megan McCarthy, YouTuber, born in 1991, Sagittarius. She's the 17th most famous person from Scranton. So I feel like I'm, I'm now stuck in this, this situation where I'm like, what is going on? What is this? So let's, let's finally, for real, let's end by finding out who, who is Hugh Glass, the second most famous <laughs> okay. person from Scranton. Also, by the way... Until Joe Biden, I mean, I assume by the time he was vice president, Joe Biden would overtake Hugh Glass. But if it wasn't for the fact that Joe Biden exists, Hugh Glass would be the most famous person from Scranton, Pennsylvania. Hugh Glass was an American frontiersman, fur trapper, boo, trader, hunter, and explorer. He is best known for his story of survival and forgiveness after being left for dead by companions when he was mauled by a grizzly bear. Oh, he's the guy that's the that's the basis of that the Revenant. Oh, the wow. real life Revenant guy is the second most famous person well, from sure, Scranton, Pennsylvania. Well, sure, I can see that now. Do they ever, man? If if the Office ever has that reunion that they talk about every three or four years, if they ever have it, they got to do a thing about the real life Revenant guy because he's from Scranton, Pennsylvania. Amazing. So there it is. We we figured it out. Well, Dan, do you like the song more or less or the same? Oh, yeah, that's the thing we do. Thank you. I totally (laughs) forgot about that. Um, Yeah, the same. Like, because it's still a YouTube video. It's it's not like it's easy to put it in rotation or anything. So just the same. I like it more because it continues to live on in my memory. Aw, well, that's nice.